Okay, Dave. I mean, I've always had a Jones for, you know, Orrin Hatch. He always, to me, seems to be the devil. You know, the the dapper devil. And he's, he's quiet. You know, he just waits until, like, he just can't hold it in anymore. Well, Utah voters have reacted enthusiastically to Senator Orrin Hatch's legislation to drug test the unemployed and those receiving other forms of government cash assistance. Yeah. Lose your job, get drug tested. He says, mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying, I wonder who they are. Hey. This is him saying, this hey, is him. hey, hey, he says, huh? it's about time. Why do we keep giving money to people who are going to use it on drugs instead of their families? Hatch said. So now here's the thinking. You lose your job uh-huh. because you want to take drugs. Okay. Yes, I certainly followed that line of reasoning. Yeah. yeah. Now, my Thanks, an- one of my answers Hatch. is, hey, Orrin. Okay. Hey, Orrin. <laughs> hey, hey. How about testing all the congressional interns for drugs, pregnancy, and STDs? And how about testing, say, the DNA of your Utah supporters for polygamy? You know? You never oh, know. That's a good and idea. And I'm sure if there yeah, was a yeah. test for heartlessness and mean-spiritedness, he'd go right off the charts. Wow. Look at him peak, man. Look at him peak. Orrin Hatch, you once so this So you come into the office, right, and you're going you're gonna to collect your unemployment check. And, pee, and, pee in and, a bucket. And, and pee in a bucket. Pee, pee in this bucket. And the goal, he says, is not to punish the unemployed. Oh. He doesn't know any of them, so how can he yeah, punish people he yeah, doesn't know? Yeah. It's to get users into treatment. Well, one of the ways to get them using is to have them get unemployed and not give them money, but give them drug tests instead. He said he has gotten little feedback. This is what I love. This He has gotten little feedback from his colleagues, however. Senators Bob Bennett of Utah, just as just as conservative, as, and Bob Corker of Tennessee and Scott Brown of Massachusetts all told the Huffington Post they don't have an opinion yet uh-huh. on, on his measure and we'll have to and this is always the great cop-up they're going to have to study the language study the language find mm-hmm. some way to avoid associating themselves with this cockamamie bill now Senator Barbara Mikulski of Maryland said I think it's a punitive attitude who's going to pay for the test what's the point of the test you, you know what do you want to drug Drug test people who have lost their job. And Hatch said, now this is it. This Mm -hmm. is roundabout. Mm -hmm. This is so circular, it makes me dizzy. He said, the test would be paid for with money saved by not paying benefits. Any money's left over would go to help the states with the drug testing and so forth. And if there's any surplus, it goes to pay off the deficit. Man, that's that's better than the dollar seventy five they've added to the price of cigarettes in New York City. Yeah, and just as punitive. Give me immortality, or give me death. That's the motto here at Ralph's Ball Sports, new and used body shop in the city of the future. Hi, friend, Ralph's Ball Sport here to tell you that everybody must die, but you don't have to be there when it happens. That's why we're having a great going out of body sale. Yes, you can live forever while your friends fall apart around you like rotten fruit. And here's how. Lease an organ or limb from our headless body farm. It's made in America from Americans. Enter the new century with these exclusive clone-ons. Nap Valor designer jeans, deluxe follicle hair mat grafting with upgraded media-sensitive stimulated wrapper filler, rear roll, non-glossy carbon-intensified glutal guards, power moons, and tinted tent grill spoilers in slash dash or full flannel. So come on down to Ralph's Ballsport City of the Future and do it today because there may not be a tomorrow. McNewspaper reports that a Christian group is denouncing Barack Obama's salute to families headed by two fathers 
in the recent president's Father's Day proclamation. The proclamation says, quote, nurturing families come in many forms and children may be raised by a father and mother, a single father, two fathers, a stepfather, a grandfather or caring guardian. American Family Association President Tim Wildman says, This is the first time in our nation's history that a president has used Father's Day as an excuse to promote the radical homosexual agenda and completely redefine the word family. What a putz! Has Tim ever encountered a same-sex parent household, or is he just paying his mortgage and hiding his hidden evil tendencies by railing against caring men who choose to raise a child? But White House uh, uh, Deputy Press Secretary Bill Burton says Obama was simply trying to be inclusive and notes that the president used similar language in his Mother's Day proclamation. That May 7th proclamation said nurturing families include those headed by two mothers. Obama recently hosted a gay pride event at the White House. Okay, that will give the American Family Association a, a chance to rail at gay families again. Uh, oh, two mothers. Instead of noting that single-sex parented families have a lower divorce rate and abuse rate than heterosexual parented families. It does make you wonder. This is from Politico. I know you like this because it's about incivility. Ooh. Ooh. In civil times. Listen up, you morons. The United States has gotten less civil. Two out of three Americans consider a general lack of civility to be a major problem for the nation, and 72% think that poor behavior has gotten worse in recent years. What do you think, Dave? Three quarters of the respondents asked this question, thought that we were being ruder than ever. And they're right. They're right. What can I say? Three quarters? Yeah. Yeah, And you only have to look at the media to see it. I mean, the talking heads, everybody's rude to everybody. Anybody that stops to give anybody the chance to finish their sentence is dead. All right. And while incivility is a problem in virtually all walks of life, politicians may be particularly vulnerable. Some 83% of those polled said people should not vote for candidates and politicians who are uncivil. So that means an empty Senate and an empty House of However, we know that in the Senate, yeah. if they're not civil, right. I mean, that's all the rules. They've got to say, my honored uh, colleague who is a complete idiot. No, they can't say that. Yeah, my they, distinguished they, idiot. My distinguished idiot. They can't say that either. No, 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 no. no, no. Well, someone asked how they described the general tone and level of civility that 1,003 adults polled produced the following results. Okay, where is the uncivility? Okay. Government and politics, 72%. 72% rude. Traffic on on roads, 69%. Oh, that guy just gave me the finger. The American public in general, 61%. We're an uncivil nation, 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10. Well, that that includes all those people who are talking on their iPhones rudely while they're walking down the street, right? Talk radio, 59%. Mm-hmm. High schools, 59%. They're pretty much the same talk radio in high schools. <laughs> it's just on a different level. Yeah, Hollywood right. celebrities, 56%, because they're on talk radio and people in high school are, are listening to them. Are they rude Hollywood celebrities? Oh, yes. Professional sports, 54%. If you could really hear everything they're saying in those oh, games, oh, yeah, yeah. they'd be no, up no, close no, to 100. They're definitely there. Yep. Television, 52%. Of course, mm-hmm. 59% of the high schools are watching television with talk radio and Hollywood celebrities and professional sports people. Blogs, 51%. CEOs, 49%. They consider half of the CEOs in America uncivil. Gee. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do they know half of the CEOs in America? I don't know where they're watching them. News reporters, commentators, 48%. Then it goes down from there. Social networking, Mm -hmm. 43%, et cetera, et cetera. Well, but they're still pretty high numbers. It gets down to places of worship. 
14%. So about a sixth of the churches are uncivil. They're saying things that are people that are driving people away. Dear friends, <laughs> you are such dumb heads out yeah. there. Yeah. How can you go on the way you are? No, I, I think it's, it's – it, I like the combination there of high school and, and talk radio. And television, and, and television sports, and sports, sports and celebrities. That's, and that's, celebrities. Yeah, and celebrities. That, yeah. That's, the magic, uh, that's the magic crowd there because they are all rude to one another. Yeah, continuously. And they're teaching the high schoolers how to be rude to one another. Plus, I think r- rude gets you press. Oh, it does. It gets you ink. Ink gets you a job, you but, know? But it ain't going to get you customers because as a people, uh, <clears throat> we pay, we're paying a price for being jerks. Nearly half of all Americans say they are tuning out of government and politics. 46% are tuning out of opinion pieces and editorials in the media. And 38% are tuning out of news coverage and reporting. That does not include Radio Free Oz, by the way. We are not part of the poll, and that's good news. And 75% of Americans believe uncivil companies should be boycotted, and more than 56% have already done so based on their own personal experiences. Wow. That's well, good news. Yeah, that, that's good news. You know, what I have to say. Um. Now. Well, there's a progressive in the Senate who says that the uh, Wall Street reform just ain't strong enough. And Democrats are in hot pursuit of that senator, Russ Feingold, whose vote for Wall Street reform could be crucial. But Feingold says, he's told the White House and key congressional leaders that he's he's still a no unless the bill gets significantly stronger. I love Russ Feingold. I mean, he stands up. He said, during the debate on the financial regulatory reform bill, I made it clear that I would only support a strong bill that can prevent another financial crisis. Seems reasonable. Neither the House bill nor the Senate bill passed that test. Well, why are we not surprised? The new New Deal hasn't fully you know, clocked in. There are a lot of people in the Senate, you know, who have their hands surgically, uh, you know, sewn to the pockets of Wall Street. So they're not going to be too happy to see anything of, of any real value getting done. Uh, now, Feingold says, I've spoken to, to Senate leaders, the Obama administration and members of the conference committee and made my concerns well known. I opposed deregulating Wall Street and eliminating the protections of the Glass-Steagall Act, a position which put me at odds with many in Washington who supported the very policies that contributed to the financial crisis and who now support these bills that simply don't get the job done. Without including stronger reforms, we're simply whistling past the graveyard. And we're all living. Living in that graveyard as he speaks. Uh, what Russ and any level-headed Wall Street reformer wants is the following. This is this is his list. The Cantwell-McCain-Feingold Amendment to restore the Glass-Steagall firewall between Wall Street and Main Street. This is absolutely central to reforming Wall Street. Up until the Clinton administration and corporate Clinton gave it all away, you know, you couldn't be a bank and an investment house at the same time. There's an inherent conflict of interest. So Cantwell, McCain, and Feingold, you know, every once in a while, dang fence McCain comes up with the right bill. He's got his name in the right place at the right time. He's become kind of a sad creature. We'll do a story on that later. But every once in a while, his star does rise. Okay, then there's Senator Dorgan's Too Big to Fail Amendment, which requires that no financial entity be permitted to become so large that its failure threatens the financial stability of the U.S., 
Plus, we might, for example, make it uh, illegal to let the Deutsche Bank own trillions of dollars worth of these bubble mortgages. We might just kind of find out that small may be just a little better. Then there's the Brown-Kaufman Amendment proposing strict limits on the size of financial institutions. But this is the same Brown, that's that now a Republican from Massachusetts that wants to screw around with the the whole deal on derivatives. He wants to let those mumsers go back to their same old bad habits. Then there's also the Dorgan Amendment to ban so-called naked credit default swaps, speculative bets that played a role in the economic crisis. Naked meaning, well, when you sell something short, you bet against it, you you feel its price is going to go down. If you own that stock, that's called a covered short. You've got the stock. I'm going to sell it to you two years from now for or five minutes from now for this, this amount of money. If it's worth less than that when it comes up, you've made money. If it's worth more, you lost. But naked means you don't have the stocks to begin with. You're just betting, and that puts everybody at risk. And finally, the Merkley-Levin Amendment to prohibit any bank with government-insured deposits from engaging in high-risk finance, like investing in hedge funds or private equity funds. It's actually this. It's the Merkley-Levin Amendment that Brown wants to scuttle. Hey, either get tough or get out of town.